So, Father, we trust you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Well, hey, I didn't, I, uh, she works, she serves every other Sunday, and that's Luba. And so our serve team member, I don't know if you guys know Luba, but Luba serves down there with the little ones, like the three and four-year-olds. And so if you guys see Luba, will you do me a favor? And would you put, uh, you know, just congratulate her, just thank her. Say, Luba, we're so thankful. In fact, how many of you in this place have kids or grandkids? Raise your hand. Kids or grandkids, that's like everybody. Boy, y'all are, man, promise of Abraham. You guys are like, multiply, let's go. Let's do this. Um, make sure you thank Make sure you thank our, our, our nursery workers and people like Luba. Amen. Can you take this, honey? And uh, maybe some, somebody can uh, run that. Mick, is Mick here? Where are you at? You can be my Vanna White. You're not as pretty, but I need you to run that to Luba after offering if you can. We're going to surprise her with that today. All right. We're, uh, we're in a sermon series uh, called Launch and Don't Look Back. And I am just so excited about today's sermon. Um, I'm always excited to preach, but I, I love this topic of what, uh, what we're talking about today in, in the idea of God giving you spe- specific things to launch into in your faith walk. How many of you have had times, and be honest with me, when God was maybe speaking to, to you about something for you? to do, and you were a little bit scared about it. Anybody? Over half, right. And the rest of you are lying, so I'll just see you at the altar, so it's cool. Um, God talks to all of us, right, about things he wants us to step out in faith, to do, or to pray about doing. And so we're going to look at the lives of a few people uh, today, and I want to recap, though, last week and the week prior with just a couple of the highlights. Here's what we said. There are moments in life when you've got to burn the ships to our past. And we do this by making a defining decision that eliminates the possibility. How many were here last week? We talked about Cortez, right? He said, burn the ships. We're not going back. This is where we're supposed to be. And here's the thing. A lot of times we don't step into God's plan A because we haven't eliminated plan B. We keep plan B as an option. And then we come what James says is a double-minded man. But James says a double-minded man can expect to receive nothing. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make this kind of fun. I always ask the Lord to give me something to make the sermon stick. And sometimes it's a video. Sometimes today it's going to be the hook of a song. So I need you to go back to the title slide. And I'll know if any of you grew up in the 80s. Come on, if you grew up in the 80s. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Now don't bail on me. Don't bail on me, all right? How many of you got, how many of you got like that crazy Uncle Jimmy that plays Bon Jovi and anybody else? Come on. Come on, here we go. Living on a prayer. Nailed it. You get the brownie points, by the way. You just nailed it. Everybody just give Denny's hand right now. Come on. Now, some of you guys over here, that's pretty weak over here. How many of you guys would agree they were pretty weak? How many of you guys think we should make them do it all by themselves? Okay, here we go. You guys do the wall. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, stop, you guys. Oh, that was pretty good. Give yourselves a hand. That was good. That was good. I know. A couple of you here, you're like the prepubescent, you know, not in youth group. <laughs> Whoa. I was a youth pastor for seven years, and sometimes a kid, a kid would answer a rhetorical question. Oh, man, that was funny. They'd be like, yeah, please. Because. 
whoa, we're going to do a deliverance ministry on you or you're going through puberty. All right. When the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes into our heart, he all of a sudden teaches us to live on this idea of prayer. What do I mean by that? Living on the idea that God is speaking to you and wants to speak to you. Each and every single morning, you're living on prayer. You're living on the voice of God. So what do I mean living on the voice of God? Well, here's what we said. The Holy Spirit, when he makes us new from the inside out, he begins to give us adventures with God. He teaches us to forget what's behind and to strain forward to what God has for us. So look at this verse from Philippians. We're just going to read the highlight verse from last week. Brothers, I don't consider myself perfect, but one thing I do, I forget what's behind and I strain towards to what is ahead, towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see, the first step in your future with God is always the hardest. It's the most important, though, to take that step of faith and to know that God can do his work in you. God can do it. See, a lot of times we, we doubt ourselves and we say, well, I can't do that. I don't come from the right family. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough experience. And God's going, I'm going to do it. And that's what today is about. Faith is saying yes to the belief that God can do something with your life. Look at Abraham. We told his story last week, but I want to give you just a quick snapshot. When he said, look up at the stars, something beautiful stuck out to me this week when I read this. I will make your children as numerous as them. I will make. Everybody say these three words with me. I will make. And the Holy Spirit took me to this contrast. In Genesis 11, hear me, don't miss this. The people said, let us build for ourselves. I will make a name for myself. In Genesis 12, God says, I will make you. I will give you blessing. I will do this. And in Genesis 11, they said, we will only use bricks, not even straw. We will, we will do this. I will make. And so the idea, I want you to hear this throughout, throughout this sermon. You can consider yourself a self-made man. Or you can realize, God, you have a creator God. And you can let yourself be a God-made man. And God can do so much with your life if you will receive that. And so he is giving Abraham this picture. And what does Abraham see every single night? This guy is in agriculture. So what does he see? The stars. And so it's this visual reminder of the promise. I am going to bless you and your family and everyone who comes into your life. And God wants to bless you. And so God was giving him a vision for your future. A vision. And the Spirit's instructions are often tailored, oh, please hear this, I love this, you've you got to receive this, just for you. Jesse's instructions, Noel's instructions, Trevor's instructions from the Holy Spirit are going to be totally different than mine. Not only his career, not only his 9 to 5 or his 5 to 9, but even the specific people he will come in contact with. The specific people, Dennis, that you will speak to. God has got specific instructions on how to bless them and minister to them and to live on the voice of God, to live on prayer. And God asked Abraham to leave security, leave his home, to pick up the tent, 
By the way, there was a lot of livestock. Guys, this would not be easy to say, okay, as a shepherd, right, I'm going to take all of these livestock, all my family, we're going to just pick it up and move. How many of you say that would take faith? Right? But he did it. And when you say yes to these things of God, even when you don't understand, oh, please hear me, even when it doesn't make sense, that's a big, big heart of today's sermon. I can't tell you the number of beautiful conversations I've had with people, especially when I go to like these pastor retreats or events. We're actually going to a pastor's meeting next, next week. And sometimes you're just sitting around the dinner table and I'll just, and I'll just say, hey, tell me your story. And they, it's the most beautiful thing when somebody says, you know what, we didn't have the money, we didn't have the building, we didn't have Jack, <laughs> you know, and suddenly God showed up. But notice this, I've always noticed this, it's always on the heels of one step of faith. Turn to your neighbor, say one step of faith. Listen, God's power in your life is limitless. God's power in your life is limitless. I'm going to jump down here, make sure you got it. Ray, God's power in your life is limitless. The camera people are going to kill me. I'm so sorry, Melanie. Forgive me. Noel, God's power in your life is limitless. The number of things that God can do in you, the number of people that God can impact through you, but so often we become I-centered and me-centered, and so we miss out. Let's look, at, let's look at the life of Peter in a moment. I want to tell you a couple more things before we look at that. God's grace, it's so much more rich than you and I can ever know. And God always uses what we're first in. So God says to Peter, look at all those fish. I will make you a fisher of men. Guys, I'm writing my sermon this week, and I, I can feel my leg just like. And it was like God was in my eyes going, I will make. You see the difference? Jesus calls out to Peter. He's just minding his own business. Peter, I will make you a fisher of men. Come on, he laid down his nets and followed Jesus. How many, there's got to be something in the sound of Jesus' voice. How many of us believe that? It's the power of God on Jesus' voice. He said, I will do this. And what did Peter feel? The promise of God, the presence of God, the opportunity of a lifetime. How many guys would say that's a pretty cool opportunity to walk around with Jesus for three and a half years, right? And he leaves his nets. What, what does his nets represent? His nets represent his livelihood. Everything he knows to be normal. And what did we say last week? You've got to leave what you know to be normal to say yes to the miracles of God. Yes to the adventures of God. Let me say it again. God's power in your life is limitless. One of the things I heard in Bible college that really changed me, guys, was a quote from D.L. Moody. He actually had a, a couple of revival meetings right here in Kinsman. There's some pictures of it. And he said this, only heaven knows what God can do with a man totally surrendered to him. I don't know about you, but I want to be totally surrendered. Totally surrendered 
completely laying down my nets, completely laying down the backup plan to say yes to God. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's funny that God chose Peter. Have you guys, do you guys ever just read the Bible and you find yourself in the story, but sometimes you're like the guy with the problem? You know what I'm saying? Peter had a big mouth, right? And I just love, can I just tell you one of my favorite stories? I mean, not, not, I'm not even going to tell you about Peter cutting off people's ears, right? Using his fishing. You know? <laughs> Jesus is like, first of all, you missed. I'm going to put his ear back on. But <laughs> Peter is so funny. He, Jesus goes up on this mountain to pray. Down comes Moses, a picture of the law. Down from heaven comes Elijah, a picture of prophecy. And Jesus fulfills the law and prophecy. This epic time. It's like the matrix. Everybody just give me your best matrix. Just, whoo, I went, right? It's like, <laughs> Peter goes, you guys want a tent? And Jesus goes, no, hush, Pete. I don't need a tent right now. <laughs> He's having the most epic, amazing transfiguration. His glory is revealed as God himself, the son of God. And Peter's like, anybody want a tent? And Jesus is like, hush, child. I don't need your tent. Right? Yet he picks Peter. Is anybody else like me, like you're so glad that God picked you despite all your problems, right? He says, I will make you. Living on a prayer, and this is going to be a little cheesy, so forgive me, it's a songwriter in me. Sometimes I, I make it rhyme on purpose. Here we go. Living on a prayer is leaving what you know. It's saying yes to God's voice to believe and go. Can everybody say this with me? All right. Living on a prayer is leaving what you know. It's saying yes to God's voice to believe and go. It's true for Abraham. It's true for Peter. It's true for you and me. But here's the thing. It's always unique. My absolute favorite thing about being a pastor is the number of God stories I get to hear. It's hands down my favorite thing about ministry is to have someone say, oh, man, let me just tell you about what God did in my life couple years ago or last week. And so I want to let, uh, a friend of mine told me her story about something God in her, did in her life named Paris. And so I have a video of her. She's going to share her story. And I just believe it's going to touch your heart like it did mine. Hi, everyone. My name's Paris Yano, and I am the director of Father's Heart for the Ohio Ministry Network. And I just want to share with you a small portion of my life story and my faith journey. Uh, my husband and I, when we got married, we both wanted to uh, adopt children someday. And so we had three, three biological children of our own. And then we ended up fostering and adopting two um, two children, a boy and a girl. And so we had five kids. Our house was full. I mean, we decided that there was just no way we were going to be able to adopt any more children. Um, so we continued to foster, um, just doing respite care for kids who needed a short time place to stay. And Children's Services asked us to go to this one church, one child banquet. So we went to this banquet to support them. 
And at this banquet, we met some teenagers there that were foster um, in the foster care system. And they were sharing their stories a little bit and um, they were all eligible to be adopted. And that day we uh, met a young man named Jaquan and it was just crazy. God just continued to place this young man on my heart. For a whole year after we were at that banquet, God kept bringing this young man to my mind and I would pray for him. I would pray, God, give him a forever family and help him to know you and love you. And and uh, that went on for about a year. And then we got a call from Children's Services asking us if we would do respite care for a week for a, a teenage boy. And so we said, sure, we'll, we'll do respite care for him. And um, when the young man came to our house, to my amazement, guess who it was? Yes, it was Jaquan. Jaquan came into our house that day and spent the week with us. And then after that, every Friday, he would call me and say, Miss Paris, could you come get me? Can I spend the weekend at your house? And I would go get him and he would come over to the house. He was living in kind of like a group home situation. And so, he just enjoyed being about around our family and we enjoyed having him as well and uh, you know he, he kept coming over and I really felt like the Lord tell me that is your son like you are supposed to adopt him but I thought how in the world could I ever tell my husband this because he would just think I have lost it. I'm crazy because we had a full house. Like I said, there was just no way we thought we would ever adopt again. And then uh, God spoke to my husband. And one night we're laying in bed and my husband says, uh, Paris, you know, I really feel like we're supposed to adopt Jaquan. And I just lost it. And to make a long story short, we ended up adopting Jaquan. And uh, I tell you what, he has been such a blessing to our life. And I couldn't imagine our family without him. You know what? When you say yes to God, even when you think, oh, this is impossible. How can we do this? When you say yes to God, he blesses you. It's not easy. Believe me, it's not easy. But I tell you what, it is a blessed life to say yes to God. He blessed us immensely with Jaquan. Isn't that a cool story? How many of us think it's almost like God's spirit, he knew what he was doing. He was putting Jaquan on her heart to pray for him for a year. And, and I want to tell you, it's not coincidence that Jaquan ended up on her doorstep. God has a way. Now, I know I've said this before with our adoption efforts. I know not everyone can adopt. That's not, the, the point of the story is this. Although not everyone can foster, not everyone can adopt, everyone can do what God puts in your heart to do. Let me say again, every one of you can do what God puts in your heart to do. And so often he'll confirm it through a friend or through your spouse. He will speak specifically to you because you hear his voice. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, you hear his voice. Because I've heard that over the years. I've been at the altar area and I've prayed with, with you and I've heard people in, in this church say, oh, yeah, but I, you know, I don't really hear God's voice. Yes, you do. Trust me, you hear God's voice. Because I say, well, what do you think God's speaking to you? It's like, well, sometimes I think that's God. He speaks right here. But you just put your hand, put your hand on your gut. You know that's the real you, right? Everybody just shake your hand. 
Say this with me. That's your carcass. Okay? Ray, when I go to your funeral, which, you know, like 80 years from now, okay, I'm just, it's going to be your carcass. The real you, the person, the person goes on to be uh, with the Father in heaven. And God speaks to the real you right here through prayer. And I want to encourage you to start living on a prayer. Pun intended. Whoa. Okay. To actually believe God is speaking to you. God wants to speak to you about your future. Now here's what I love too about this story about Peter. Jesus doesn't give up on Peter. Listen to this. Hear me. Peter gives up on himself. So Jesus dies on the cross. He raises from the dead. And within two days, Peter has already got back to his old way of life. He says, where did I leave those nets? Looks like this whole thing's not going to happen. He goes back fishing. And wouldn't you know, Jesus comes to him in the midst of his discouragement. Don't miss that. Jesus always will come to you in the middle of your discouragement. And I love the way Jesus recalls him back into ministry. It's just like he did the first time. He's fishing all night and catching nothing. Oh, man, I could preach on that for 20 minutes. Sometimes we strive in our own strength doing the very thing God told us to leave. We'll come back. We'll leave that for another sermon. All right. So he says, cast your net on the other side. Now, who knows the story? Has anybody been in church a long time? Come on, you know the story. Now, Peter, you got to know, Peter's just giving attitude. You know, he's doing like what, what my teenagers do. You know, you know, it looks like they got hit by a blow dart, you know. I've been fishing all night. You know, it's not going to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Any teenage parents of teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. And Jesus is like, just trust me. Just put the net over on the other side. They drop the net, and then it's like, what? Oh, my God, what's happening? They're pulling up the net. And there's so much fish, it's like capsizing the boat. Don't believe me. Look, there's a gospel. One of the four gospels says that they had to go get other boats to help bring in the catch. God can do so much more in your life if you'll just listen to his voice. And let me, let me start with it. Let me say this. If you'll love his voice. How many love his voice? The nearness of God. The Holy Spirit. You open the Bible and you read something and the Holy Spirit's like, I'm talking to you. You know what I'm talking about? By the way, the voice of God, usually it starts out like this. Psst. You know, a lot of times we think it's, it's, it's supposed to be like Charleston Heston, like, <laughs> And I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, hey, friend, right? I'm talking to you. And how many see that scripture in John? We won't read the whole thing. I'll just tell you the story. In John 21, Jesus makes breakfast for him. Jesus supplied a supernatural abundance. By the way, Peter was worried about his income. Oh, I feel like God's trying to say something, so... Listen, what, is, what does Jesus say in Matthew 6, Don't worry about your income. And by the way, don't read. Nobody come tell me, 
Pastor Jordan told me I don't have to work. I can just, no, that's not what I said. Oh, man, I hate when I get misquoted. Here we go. It's not what I said. You need to work your butt off because as you go to work, it's for the, for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Somebody say amen. All right. But God supplies the increase. And when you'll say yes to God and step into the unknown and you hear the voice of God in prayer and he tells you something that may sound crazy because you've already fished all night. You've already prayed for that prodigal son for 10 years and God says pray one more night. You know what I'm saying? There's specific things God wants you to do. And Peter's out there having a pity party and it reminds me of Gideon. And I told you the whole story of Gideon, but I'm going to give you the two-minute snapshot I know we just talked about Gideon a couple weeks ago. I'm going to give you a two-minute snapshot, but he was having a pity party just like Peter was. And so I'm writing my sermon. I thought I'd give you guys an acronym for pity. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> now, by the way, real discouragement comes, and so I'm not belittling that. We all face that. But sometimes, sometimes we just throw a pity. By the way, nobody's making an RSVP for your pity party. <laughs> Number one, say, poor me. I say, I only have T, this isn't going to work. And this is my favorite one. Why? Right? Has anybody ever done that? Come on. Let's do one more time. Poor me. By the way, that's the trap. Enemy wants you only to think about yourself. Vision is what God can do through you for the benefit of others. Selfishness or ambition is what you can do for yourself. But God wants to give you vision, not for you, for others. So everybody say, poor me. I only have. Come on, say it like my teenager. Poor me. I only have. This isn't going to work. Now everybody, why? Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, why? Actually, don't do that. that that's, that's what we don't want to do. Why, wait, well, I'll tell you why not. Because God has more for you. And in the kingdom of God, success is faithful obedience to God's voice. So when Gideon's down in that hole, how many of you guys remember this, this sermon a couple weeks ago? Gideon's down in that hole, and God says, greetings, mighty warrior. And he's like, you got the wrong hole. You need two doors down, turn left. That's the guy. He says, we're the poorest. Everybody go, wine. We're the weakest, wine. And I'm the youngest of all my brothers. We all have excuses as to why God can't do something amazing with our life. But it's God that can do something amazing with your life. Not you. All he needs from you is your yes. God has a knack for taking ordinary things from ordinary people and using it for extraordinary glory. And you and I are ordinary. Our possessions, when I said you and I are ordinary, I just remembered a line in a movie I was watching a few months ago. I think it was the best written line ever. I, this girl was like a superhero. I don't think it was Marvel. I can't remember. She had these, you know. And, and, and she turns to the guy she loves, the other character, and she says, I just want to be normal. And he says, honey, you are average in every way. And she's like. And we take these moments with God and we say, no, I, I'm average. I can't, I can't do that. God says, go talk to your boss. 
about the gospel. Go, go to your manager and tell them your testimony. You say, I'm not, I'm not a preacher. You got the wrong guy. Did anybody else ever do that? I want you to witness that person. I want you to start that business. Jimmy and Jessica have said, well, I, I don't have a BA in, in business. God's like, that's not what I asked you. <laughs> right? God says, I will. Everybody say this with me, I will. We can consider ourselves a self-made person. Or we can let God do something in our life. Would you stand up to your feet? Because here's the tension. Here's the tension. In Genesis, we see this contrast. We're going to end where we started. We see this contrast where people said to themselves, let us make for ourselves a tower. Right? And then Genesis 12, God says, look at the stars. I will make you. And they say, let us do this. Come, let us make bricks and bake them. And God says in Genesis 12, I will make you. In Genesis 11, come, let us build ourselves a city. In Genesis 12, I will make you a great nation. You see the difference? And guys, even as Christians, and for those of you that are already following Jesus in this, in this place today, if you're not careful, you can begin in grace and end in works. Oh, I hope you're hearing me. This is why Paul says, who has bewitched you? Who has bewitched you to think that you are striving for the pleasure of God? To think that you are striving for the blessings of God? To think that you have to do, no, listen, God says, I will bless you. I will make you. It's my grace enabling you for every good work. Amen? So would you just open up your hands this morning? And I'm going to pray a kind of a corporate prayer, but I want the, the prayer team to go to the, the left and right uh, of the walls here. Yeah, the altar area. And I just want, I want to give you an opportunity because I just know in my gut that there's some of you that you have a dream of God. You heard God tell you, I will do this in your life. And you don't know where to start and you're afraid to start. And again, guys, listen, it can look totally different than your dad, his, his career, what he did, than your brother, maybe what a coach told you. And it can be your career or it could just be a calling in your life to serve in our Transform Trumbull mission. You might say, I never considered myself able to be a, a, not only a dad, but a dad to other kids, to foster kids, to adopt kids. And you thought, I can't do that. But you feel God saying, yes, you can do that. I'm doing this in your life. And then suddenly your wife says, hey, I think we're supposed to consider it. God will give you a voice. God will give you a confirmation. But you've got to first believe he can speak to you. You have to first humble yourself at the foot of the cross and say, God, you can do something amazing in my life. You can take me into a new adventure. And I want to say this again before I invite you to the prayer team. And you can go to the prayer team now if you want. But hear me. If you're like, I know God is about to do something new in my life, but I don't know what it is. Go ahead and go to a prayer team member. And I want them to pray with you. I want you to have an open heart. Because God can speak to you through that prayer team member just as they're praying. If you feel like God wants to take you into the miraculous, something into the unknown, 
I want you to go see a prayer team member. Come on, I know there's more of you. I know I'll see a few people walking, but I just know in my gut. Some of you have been up lately at night and you're thinking about an idea. I'm wrestling right now with an idea that has been really blowing my mind. I mean, I'm praying about it, I'm praying about it, I'm praying about it. And then a friend of mine named, named Dan, he's a member of this church, a good friend of mine, he emails me and he says, I, I have a word for you. I, I think, he said, I don't normally prophesy, but I really, I'm praying for you this morning and I think God is telling you to do something untraditional. And I replied to him and I said, oh my goodness, you have no idea what I'm praying about. God can use anybody to speak to you at any time about the dream in your heart. Let me say that one more time. God can use anybody at any time to speak to you about the dream in your heart, to give you the courage to say yes. To say yes to him. And sometimes all we need is that encouragement from a brother or sister in the Lord. And they put their arms on our shoulder and they say, hey, yes, God is doing something in you. God is doing something in you. And for those of you that are here, I wanna give you an opportunity that if you don't know Jesus, I wanna tell you, Jesus, Philippians says, considered himself not equal to be God, even though being God left heaven. Peter left his nets. Abraham left his home and his farm. He picked it all up and Jesus left the comfort of heaven to be obedient to the voice of the Father because he gave him a vision. He gave him a vision of you being restored to the Father. He gave him a vision of you. Hebrews says, thinking about you was the joy. Thinking about you too, right here. Thinking about what you would do for the kingdom of God. Thinking about the lives you would impact. The kids that are become adults. The kids that are become managers. The kids that are become ministers out of your life. He was thinking about that and gave him the courage, the, the, the power to endure the cross. I wanna tell you, Jesus did that so you can know the Father. Jesus left the comfort of heaven. Think about this. He was seated at the right hand of the Father where he is now, but he, he, he before time began, he's there. And the father asks him to come down, to be persecuted, to be mocked, and to ultimately to die on the cross for your sins. So if you're here today and maybe you're a guest and you say, I haven't been able to explain what I have felt all morning, but I need this Jesus that you keep talking about. I need the Jesus that we sang about. And you need to be forgiven of your sin because you know there's a new life in God and, and you're supposed to leave the past behind. You need to leave the regret behind, the mistakes behind, the sin behind and say, I need God in my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand nice and high? And I wanna pray a prayer of salvation for you. I think I know almost everyone here, but it's possible that you wanna give your heart to Jesus right now. Just raise your hand nice and high. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. to do this before we dismiss can we all right here the rest of us can we just become like intercessors right now i want you to just pray for the people who are at the altar area 
Just close your eyes. Just say, God, speak to them. God, give them the courage to do what you're putting in their heart to do. Give them the courage to say yes. Holy Spirit, give them the finances they need for whatever the dream is in their heart. You know God can release the finances for the dream, guys. Give them the people. If they need a team, if they need, I know two, two business owners in our church that need staff, they need employees. God, we ask you to bless them with the right staff. We ask you to bless them with those employees. Blessing. Blessing upon blessing. Here's what I feel God's doing this morning. If you guys could just look up here, those that are at the, at the prayer. I feel like God is saying, lift up your face. The glory of the Lord is upon you. I'm doing something in your life. That's what I feel he's doing. He's saying, lift up your face. Everybody just lift up your chin a little bit. And see, for some of you, it's hard because you've been beating yourself up. Like Satan's been allowed to put some shame in your mind. Reject that lie of shame right now and just lift up your face and let the glory of the Lord, let, you, let your ears hear God bless you. Can you do that right now? In fact, just put your hands out. Let your ears hear the Lord say, I love you. I'm proud of you. My love has never changed for you. My promise towards you is good. I have plans and a purpose to prosper you. Let me take care of you. What I said to Abraham, I'm saying to you, I am blessing you. What I said to Abraham, I'm saying to you, I will bless you. I will make your family great. I'll make your house a house of worship. Let me say that again. I am going to make your house a house of worship. I heard a minister share last night about this, this home that a friend of his had. We had all these foster sons in it. It was like 10, 10 kids or 20 kids. And how when he would walk into the home, he would feel the presence of God like just stronger than even going into a sanctuary, a church. And the number of ministers who came out of that home, the dean of Central Bible College and of Regent, I'm sorry, of Regent, was one of those foster sons. Because one man said yes. One man said yes. And life upon life upon life changed. Will you guys reach your hands towards Brandon? I, I called him the other day and I just said, Brandon, I know God's doing something special in your life this year. I just want to, we just want to pray over you all together because we're your family, all right? Reach your hands towards Brandon. Brandon, I just sense that God is about to bless you. God is doing a new thing in your life. You have a sensitivity to his spirit. I sense God, God has given you a sensitivity to his spirit. I hear the word prophet or prophetic. God is giving you a sensitivity to his spirit, Brandon, to hear his voice. I'm going to be super cheesy right now. And I've not sensed this when I prayed for you. Remember I said I've been praying for you lately? I don't know if you've ever heard of the Nazarite vow, but I just felt like God said, I know this is weird, but even your hair being long. It's okay, you can laugh, it's okay. I want you to look up, and again, I haven't even studied this since I was in Bible college, but I remember reading about this thing called the Nazarite vow. I want you to look it up. Because I feel like God is saying, I've seen your purity. I feel like God is saying, I've seen you say no to things and even no to some people and some friendships in your life. And you've guarded your integrity. And God says, because of that, I'm blessing you. 
Come on, reach your hands towards him, and I want you to prophesy with me. Say, I'm blessing you. Say this with me. Because of your integrity, I'm blessing you. Because you've chosen me, I'm blessing you. You've dedicated your life to me, I'm blessing you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, listen, before you go home today, we're going to talk about this more next week. But three years ago when we launched our 10 Cities mission, we said yes to the crazy call of God. To start two campuses and then to plant some autonomous churches. So I want you just to grab that underneath your Bible or wherever it is. And I want you to look this over today, maybe with your spouse, and just check it out and ask God how you can be a part of this. I meant to have a picture up on the screen. I forgot to, to give it to the tech team. Guys, 100 people were at our Warren launch. Four salvations. 45 people came back last week. Because we had people say, yes, yes, I can go and God can use my life. And that's so beautiful. So there's ways that you can be a part of that. In the future, we want to just send about two couples to the autonomous plants and to partner with that pastor. We want to help them with coaching and all kinds of things they need. So just check that out. Does everybody get a copy? If you didn't get a copy, just grab one from one of the ushers on your way out. We've got a, a box of them nearby. Hey, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Enjoy some football and snow. Things you've done